Um, would you rather your name be Peter Dinklage or Long Duck Dong the Third? Probably Long Duck Dong the Third. Yeah. I feel like there's a regalness to it. Um, <laughs> so obviously I would go with that one. You'd go with Peter Dinklage. There's already a Peter Dinklage. You'd get mistaken identity all the time. Or you'd get mistaken identity for the guy in 16 Candles named Long Duck Tong. Oh, I, d- I forgot about that. Well, yeah, there's I mean- an actual. <laughs> I mean, I at least Peter I Dinklage think- has like a has like a long career and like fans all over the world. He's a real person, so like your credit card accounts frozen, like it was a mess. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so long dug dong it is. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Paranormal, everyone. I'm Marie, and I'm Nicolina. AKA Long Duck Dong the third. <laughs> and uh, we are your non investigative but still true spooky story podcast, Paranormal. And uh, we're here with some treats for you. Before we start today's episode, we want to give a quick shout out to our new patrons. So a quick shout out to Christy, Raina, and Leanne. Thank you very much for becoming patrons. You have no idea how excited we are. Uh, every time we get an email that we have a new patron, we text each other and jump up and down. So thank you for contributing to our hot Yeah, days. thank you so much. We, as you see on our Patreon, I think some of you saw that, we'll, uh, we added the, um, the guest episode. So please email us if you're interested in being on as guests for our Hometown Hot episodes. Um, also, I wanted to shout out... Um, this cool company called Rebels and Rouge. Um, they are actually, so the creator is actually does a paranormal podcast as well. Um, who we actually have had as on as a promo swap, but, um, we obviously follow each other on Instagram and we noticed that they, um, were posting some of the products that they were making and they're really, really cool. And they're going to send us some samples and we're going to do an, uh, an Instagram giveaway for you guys soon. But basically you can go to rebelsandrouge.com and check it out. All their stuff is super, super affordable. It's like $10 for this sweet, like berry black candle and five dollars for medusa bath bomb um unicorn soap for 350 and like it's all really unique um like this bunt cake cinnamon roll like down it's a a melt like it's a, a, a soap but um sounds unreal uh anyway so go check that out and go get something and let us know if you like it but we'll be doing our own kind of review because they're going to send us a bunch of stuff as well and then do a giveaway with the kind of our favorite products so yeah rebelsandrouge.com rebelsandrouge.com yeah like these I love this shit oh and go follow them on Instagram they have a lot of posts um it's just like at rebelsandrouge so go check it out And then, yeah, so now we're going to do horoscopes before we get into our theme. So, Gemini. As a Gemini, you possess a wealth of interests. Let yourself reconnect with passions that have been on the back burner or simply reconnect with a hobby that helps you release and relax today. The moon's presence is artistic Libra, helps you lean into this arena, but her square with heavy Pluto can prompt psychological upsets. By evening... Luna dips into sharp Scorpio, 
focusing your attention on workload, on your workload? Hmm. No. I mean, I didn't do anything creative today. All I did mm-hmm. was work. Um, I didn't even cook for myself. My husband made my dinner for me. So, wow. and, <laughs> yeah, so not really. No, I mean, my work ethic was strong today. I got all my stuff done really early. Um, but other than that, no, not really. <laughs> None of your creative things like your no. crochet and crime. No, what's so funny is that I was going to pick up my crochet again today because I'm working on a blanket for my friend right now. Excuse me, right now. And uh, I looked at it and I was like, I do not have the energy for you today. So I just didn't do it. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So Leo. Family members could bring some surprising news on you today, Leo. This news may concern people you know, or perhaps a family member has some interesting plans of his or her own that you weren't aware of. Although positive, this news could throw you for a loop. It should definitely cause you to alter your thinking in some way. Don't let emotion overwhelm your logic right now. Um, uh, not really. I mean, it was my cousin's 21st birthday today, which was kind of, it wasn't surprising. I knew it was coming. And um, I ran into my uncle the other day and he was saying how they were going to go visit her in London because that's where she's in school. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it wasn't anything like wild and surprising. Like, okay, cool. That's great. (laughs) Um, Have fun. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't really like I didn't don't think so. I didn't. I honestly didn't even talk to my family very much today. So, yeah. So the stars are just not aligning for us today. No. <laughs> no, not no, not from what I can tell. Um okay, well with that said, let's get into today's theme which um we've decided is going to be haunted hotels, which we've done some before. I'm not sure we've done like a full episode where both of us have done haunted hotels. I think we've told yeah. stories that involved hotels. But yeah, I think this is like the first one we've actually like delved into, into hotels. We've definitely had people send us experiences from hotels. Um, so there's, there's quite a bit out there. The one thing that I noticed about researching this is, I mean, if you've watched like even that Cecile hotel, um, like on Netflix, the, the incidents there, like, I didn't know anything about that hotel. And I'm I, I'm guessing the locals, they know more about it, but hotels do their best to kind of conceal a lot of the experiences that are going on. So it's hard to find information on it because yeah. they do their best to get it removed or to get people to not talk about ghost sightings. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, it wasn't that easy to get um, content necessarily or mm-hmm. to get sighting. I feel like they, like I, tr- I even looked up TripAdvisor articles on it and I found like one that just kind of had like one line of their experience. But I think that anything that goes any deeper than that, they're definitely trying to get those taken down. Yeah, probably. So I am doing the Fairmont Empress Hotel in Victoria, BC. So I got my information from superstitioustimes.com, an article by Brian Baker called Cold Spots, Scandals, and Victoria's Empress Hotel. 
Also, westcoastlivingcanada.com, the Empress uh, Hotel, Haunted Hotel. And I also got information from the architect who created the Fairmont Empress Hotel. So his Wikipedia page, I also got my information from that as well, because a lot of it has to do with him. So um, the Fairmont Empress is one of the oldest and most famous hotels in Victoria, BC. The hotel was designated as a National Historic Site of Canada due to its national significance. The Empress is located in downtown Victoria on Government Street facing the Inner Harbor. It was built between 1904 and 1908, opening for service in that year. Additional wings were added between 1909 and 1914 and in 1928. During this time, the Empress, as it is known then, played hostess to kings, queens, movie stars, and many famous people. You know, and multiple historians have kind of covered this in their books. So um, basically, historian and discover the past walk ghost walk tour host John Adams um, has had a long working relationship with the Fairmont Empress Hotel in Victoria, B.C., it's one that hasn't always been acquainting oneself with the resident spirits inside, but um, he did interview a 71-year-old worker who worked in the hotel during the 1960s, and he was about 16 years old at the time and basically said that he didn't believe in ghosts or anything when he was working there. He was young and he didn't really, you know, he was a bit of a skeptic, but basically by working there, he completely changed his mind on the paranormal because he just felt like it there were just things that were just inexplainable when he worked there so there were there are various spotted apparitions within the halls of the empress as well as the exterior there are three well-known residents haunting the corridors of the century-old hotel and just before Adam started working at the empress the original chamber made rooms were converted into offices for executives and his summer job was to clean those offices during the afternoon or evening shifts he says there was no air conditioning but there were tons of cold spots he recalled i thought i saw something in it and ended up saying okay pull yourself together you're just a kid in this place you don't believe in ghosts um but it was during that job of him cleaning those rooms that he experienced the inexplicable first he felt himself in the company of former chambermaid lizzie mcgrath the former employee was readying herself for bed one evening in 1909 and would usually say her rosary on the fire escape outside of her room on the sixth floor. It was common for employees to live on the premise of the hotel back then, but on that particular day, renovations were happening at the hotel and the fire escape was not there to support McGrath as she climbed out the window. There she plunged to her death just to the right of the Empress's main entrance. Ian Gibbs, the author of Victoria's Most Haunted and Ghostly, Ghostly Walks host, shared Lizzie's story right from her departure from her home in Ireland. Where her apparition is seen is usually in the spot where she landed, wearing her uniform and clutching her rosary, or she's seen going about her duties and basically continuing her role as maid throughout the, throughout the hotel. Um... Another resident spirit walking the halls of the sixth floor is an older woman who seems to have forgotten which room was hers. It is suspected that she is a former guest who died in her room of natural causes sometime after World War II, known as Margaret. In Gibbs's book, she would have 
She would leave her home in Calgary just after Christmas and winter in Victoria. Her residence was on the sixth floor in a recently added tower. Her lifeless body had been discovered by one of the managers of the hotel, but that did not prevent them from using the room and renting it out. But eventually, the room would be deemed unrentable. Since then, things started happening in the room and they stopped renting it out on a regular basis, Adams said. It was that room that was chosen for the location of an elevator instead. So basically, the hotel was looking to open up rooms that were used as attic storage space on the eighth floor during the 1980s. And oftentimes, Adams will ask guests on his ghost walks if they're staying in the hotel and they will point to the rooms where the older woman is seen. After that, um, the, the old woman would knock on their door in the middle of the night and they would see full bodied apparitions. Um, and oftentimes the woman would ask where her room is and then only for her body to just vanish in front of them. And at that point they realized that something strange has happened and head back to their room. And basically, I looked up the TripAdvisor review, and this woman said that she was sleeping in her bed, and on her third night there, she woke up to um, light knocking at the door at 4.11 a.m., and she said, I wondered if I was dreaming, but then she said that other people heard it as well, and then she went on a ghost walk later and realized that it was most likely the old lady knocking at at the door. Did she have to stay any extra nights after that? Because I would not have. Yeah, no, she did. She kept talking about her experience there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, sorry. He says that it's not that frightening. Um, Like, it is just an old lady basically looking for her room. So she's not, like, trying to scare anyone. She's just kind of unsure (laughs) of where she is. I just pictured someone opening the door and it's just my 94 year old grandma just very confused (laughs) seriously yeah and she's like they say that she's in her pajamas walking around too so um just poor old lady I feel terrible um but the most famous ghost that walks the halls of the empress is British Columbian architect Francis Rattenbury who was renowned for his work in Victoria and Vancouver He immigrated to Canada in 1891 from his home in Leeds, England. Victoria's Parliament Building, an awe-inspiring example of Romanesque architecture, was his biggest achievement, although coming in $400,000 over budget, which is, to me, insane for 1891. And he also designed the Empress Hotel. And his ghost is said to rattle around in the hallways of both the Parliament and the BC and, and the Empress Hotel. Um, he basically just walks around with his cane and is just seen in various areas of the hotel. But it's really his personal life that is the talk of what all occurred there because it's pretty seedy. So in 1923, he decided he was going to leave his his wife, Florence Nunn, after basically, you know, becoming this amazing architect and creating these incredible buildings. He became a bit of an egoist and thought, you know, I'm better than her and our two children. Um, so instead, he decided to marry or take up with a 27-year-old named Alma Packenham and basically he had a roaming eye and he had various affairs but this one was the most significant because um, she was actually a piano player at the Empress Hotel and during tea time the Empress would have piano players perform 
and I guess Peckenham tickled um, Rattenbury's ivories during that time is what was said. (laughs) So uh, in the end, he told his wife, Flory, to clear out because Alma was moving in. And um, Flory was not having any of it, but Alma moved in anyway. And then Nunn became withdrawn and depressed, and Peckenham was attempting to drive her out of the house by getting up and playing the death march from Saul. Could you imagine your man Literally. another woman, and it's just like, and what about it? <laughs> like, Seriously. Sir? Like no, and the the unbelievable part too is that the Peckenham was also married twice before, so it's like she she knows what what marriage is, and like you know, like why what like you're just you're you're that bitch, eh? Yeah, what a doucher. Anyway, so well, it all kind of goes downhill, um, and karma Good. kind of ensues. So after that he publicly flaunted the invite- his infidelities around town and caused a lot of his business partners and friends to shun him and Alma um and did not want to continue basically doing business with him which led him into financial disarray as well um their pariahs in society and um unfortunately none his wife eventually died of cancer not long after the divorce and Alma and Rattenbury didn't leave immediately but um, eventually moved to Bournemouth on the south coast of England in 1929 where he began to drink and Peckenham did not want to stay at home while he got sauced however their chauffeur George Stoner who was 19 ended up catching Alma's eye during this time so Stoner had been recruited through an advertisement in the Bournemouth Daily Echo and had been living a sheltered, largely friendless life with his parents before he moved into the Rattenbury's home, the Villa Madeira in Manor Road. But the old man seemed to figure out what was going on. And one night while he was asleep in his chair and Alma was upstairs, George crept in with a mallet and basically bludgeoned Rattenbury until he was senseless but not quite dead and Alma came rushing down the stairs then the neighbors called the police and they found him with blows so savage it removed the back of his skull and caused his false teeth to fall out that's a lot that's a lot yeah that's a lot eh um and he died four days later so the wife confessed to the crime but stoner admitted to the housekeeper that he had actually carried out the deed they were both charged but alma eventually retracted her confession after her elder son christopher visited her in prison so they uh, so stoner was convicted and sentenced to death which then was basically converted to life imprisonment following a submission to the home secretary of a petition signed by over 300,000 people who felt the young man had been manipulated manipulated into committing the murder by Alma. Peckenham, because she thought he was going to be sentenced to death, actually ended up committing suicide by stabbing herself six times with a pair of scissors and threw herself into the river Stour. This is all a lot. These the deaths at this in this period of time are just like yeah, a wild, lot. Wild. Yeah. 
Um, and then eventually, so Stoner, who it was initially supposed to be life imprisonment, he ended up only serving seven years of his sentence and oh. was released early to join the army and fight in the Second World War. He then married in 1944 and fathered a daughter in 1948, and he and his wife basically led a quiet life in Bournemouth after that. And after decades of silence, Mr. Stoner made a statement to a reporter from the Bournemouth Daily Echo in 1999, which did not clarify matters, but left the door open to the notion that he, at the very least, had a partner in the murder. He says, the whole crime was committed on an emotional basis. Both I and the lady involved were in a highly emotional state. So, Hmm. I, I mean, it could have been both of them. It could have just been, you know, enabled by her, but yeah, yeah, we don't really know. And he once again briefly attracted the attention of the media when he was given two years probation for indecently assaulting a 12-year-old boy in a washroom in 1990, but they say it's possible that he had been suffering from Alzheimer's disease at the time of the offense because he died basically... um, he died 10 years later at the age of 83, but they think that he was probably already, um, yeah, not, not well mentally. And, uh, but back to Francis Ranbury, um, despite his outstanding career as an architect, he was buried in an unmarked grave in a cemetery close to his home in Bournemouth. And in 2007, a headstone. So this is 1935 is when he was buried and it wasn't until 2007 that a headstone was re- erected as a lasting memorial paid by for a family friend. Oh, I was just going to so, ask, did they say why there was never a headstone until then? But I guess because nobody... Because no one fucking him. liked him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Everyone kind know? of was like, you're a shit person. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> So, as I said, Rattenberry can be seen by the stairs where his portrait hangs um, in the Empress Hotel, as well as the basement where the men's room is located. And um, there are other common run-ins, such as an indigenous construction worker who took his own life and is said to have to also haunt the Majestic Hotel. So during the 1960s, a construction worker working on the West Tower's top floor saw a shadowy form swinging from the ceiling. And then when he went to investigate, he found nothing there. He later found out that just a year ago, a fellow employee hung himself in the same spot. So, yeah, that's there. And another, perhaps one of the most common hotel tropes is the disappearing altruistic bellhop who continues to work in the afterlife. So some guy just who, who continues to, to work as a bellhop at the Empress Hotel. Um, now, like I said, most hotels or some hotels are not keen on sharing their ghost stories and the Empress is one of them. So regardless of their approach to dealing with unwanted guests, special or otherwise, the Empress has its rich history shared to visitors through the ghosts that haunt it. Um, and I can, I mean, after hearing all of those deaths and how they happened, I also probably wouldn't want those highly publicized either. No, definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Quite a quite a history and um, a notorious legacy for the Empress Hotel to. Yeah. It's actually really really pretty too. Like I would 
like I'm sure there's people who have their weddings there and you know Rattenberry's just swinging his cane around you know in the background of the pictures in the background cursing their marriage (laughs) you're doomed you're doomed Okay, so I before I tell you my story, I'm just going to quickly talk about another podcast that I found because the last time we talked about History Defeats Itself, which I told you about, and you're a yes, fan. Yes, which now. I finished, and I'm a fan. Yes, it was really yeah, a really so – Yeah. Um, so then I found another one. Uh, this one's called Spooked, so obviously right up my alley. Mm-hmm. The It's an improvised scary story podcast, and it's never really scary, and sometimes there's a story. Every Monday episodes <laughs> every Monday episodes drop, and host Damien Depping and Cody Crane are joined by a special guest to talk about the paranormal, and they do a little bit of improv as well, so it's, it gets really fun. The guests that they've had on the show before include Janet Varney, Larry Hankin, and Christian Brunn. So grab your friends, get a blankie, and get ready to be spooked. You can subscribe at thesonarnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast. Dope. <laughs> um, okay. I think we're going to try, I don't know if we've agreed, but I think we're going to try uh-huh. and get them on the podcast or at least yep. try and, yeah. yeah. Yes, I would like that very much to have them on to talk about any spooky stories they might have yeah um so I decided that I was going to do uh, a hostel that's in Ottawa that I almost stayed at and it's called the high hostel in Ottawa but the cool thing about this hostel is that it used to be a jail in Ottawa and I didn't know yeah and I didn't know that it was haunted so my friend Katie and I were going to visit our other friend who lives in Ottawa named Taylor, who listens to our podcast. So hi, Taylor. And um, uh, Katie had said, why don't we stay at the jail hostel? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down. Did not know it was haunted. And then we ended up changing our minds and getting an Airbnb. So kind of glad that I didn't stay at the haunted hostel. But also I'm going to go out on a limb and say that when it's safe for us to do so, if our our Patreon gets $200 a month. I'm willing to go and spend a night and record an episode in the hostel with you if you want to do it. Done. I want to okay. go back to Ottawa anyway. So I love Ottawa. Yeah. I love Ottawa. Okay. And we are, what are we at now? We're at 80. So $120 away. Yeah. We're $120 away. If you guys, guys, want to Canada like- Day, four <gasps> months. We got Could four months to get. Yeah. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it was the first jail in Ottawa. It opened in 1842 and it was in the basement of the city's new courthouse on land that was donated by Nicholas Sparks. It was the subject of constant criticism and it was replaced within 20 years by a new standalone jail that was built next door. The new Carleton County Jail opened in 1862 and was designed on the principles of a 19th century prison reform. A new emphasis was placed on the reformation of prisoners and the safe housing of the accused. This was accomplished through the classification and separation of inmates. So things like keeping people who might have a corrupting influence on others separate from each other by physically placing them in different areas of the jail. 
So men and women were in different sections, obviously convicted people who had been convicted and people who are accused waiting trial were in separate areas and young people and old people were all kept in their own little sections. So underlying these new ideas, however, was the continuing role of the prison to punish criminals and to deter those inclined to crime. The jail's execution of this dual role was obvious in the former function, the actual confinement of criminals, obviously. The role it played in deterring crime, however, was much less obvious and is reflected in the building's architecture. So it's a little weird here. The jail was built with the intention to look imposing, to look massive, and to look impressive. Beyond the building's presence, however, its permanent gallows remained a constant reminder to the would-be criminal of the possible outcome of a life of crime. So they kept the gallows, like permanently kept the gallows out in public so people could see them to remind them, don't be bad. So... (laughs) Don't be bad boy. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, the prisoners actually as Cosmo looks up at me. <laughs> Am I bad boy? Who's a bad boy? <laughs> I know bad boy. I ate all my salmon. <laughs> this is so funny. Okay. Okay. Uh, So apparently the prisoners liked the older jail more than they liked the newer jail, and that's because the newer jail actually had way worse living conditions than the older jail had. The jail had very little success classifying its prisoners and made made very few attempts at rehabilitating them. There was very little uh, for prisoners to do if somebody got lucky, they might be able to chop wood or clear snow. Those are the activities that they could do. And otherwise they spent their I time. I love those in- activities. <laughs> yeah. I bet you your mom is like, you're a liar. You don't clear snow. <laughs> I'm going to sue you. My uh, neighbors so- almost called bylaw on me. I was almost sued this winter. Sued, I tell you. <laughs> I almost broke my neck. Okay. <laughs> So otherwise they spent their time in the corridors of the jail waiting for night to come so that they could wait in their cells for the next day to come. The cells themselves were obviously small, uncomfortable, and unsanitary. They had no heating, lighting, ventilation, or toilets. So no ventilation and no toilet either. And no window. So you can guess how great that went over. Sounds like a party. Right. The conditions are described as appalling and inhumane and they persisted throughout the jail's history and use. The windows that were there were open to the elements, and they left prisoners exposed to frigid Ottawa winters and sweltering summers. The cells were one meter wide by three meters long, and if you're from the United States, you're just going to have to look up a conversion app for that, because I didn't do it. Um, (laughs) It was finally closed in 1972, and its occupants transferred to the new Ottawa Carleton Regional Detention Center in Blackburn Hamlet. The jail topped a list of potential sites for a new year-round hostel in Ottawa, and it was believed that with some imagination and renovation, it could be turned into a friendly and welcoming hostel, and that is exactly what it is today. So you can actually go on a tour of the hostel. They're free, and they run every morning at 11 a.m., or they did before COVID, so obviously not right now. Um, You might not know all the gritty details of the former jail, but the tour will definitely, definitely give you them. So 
Today, you can sleep in a prisoner's cell, and plenty of rooms still have their original iron bar doors. You can also opt to stay in a standard room over in the guards' quarters. You can still see a solitary confinement cell in the basement. This part's disturbing. I'll I'll go there. Oh, will you? Because it comes complete with the original rings used to shackle prisoners face down to the floor. Oh, so actually, that seems you're on brand for you. That's on brand for me. That sounds that sounds right up my alley. Fifty and shades perhaps- darker, baby. Uh, and perhaps creepiest of all are the original gallows. So those gallows that they used to keep outside permanently. Still there, baby. Uh, Those were obviously once used for public hangings. And not only are they still there, they've completed it with a replica noose for everyone to see. Lovely. Yeah. I don't know what it would have been without that noose, you know? Right. No one would have really got it. Like, what's that? Uh, There's also what appears to be an unofficial gallows over a back staircase. So it's hard to say how many prisoners were executed at the jail but more certainly perished as a result of the harsh conditions. And you can't get ghosts without dead people, and this building made plenty of dead people, so there are plenty of ghosts. The most notorious inmate in the jail's history was Patrick J. Whalen, who was imprisoned and hanged before a crowd of 5,000 onlookers for the murder of politician Darcy McGee in 1869, even though he denied his involvement until his death. His body was supposed to be sent to Montreal, but instead was buried on the jail property. So he is pissed, obviously, because he's like, first of all, I didn't do this. Second of all, I was supposed to be buried in Montreal. Now you've buried me in this disgusting place. Thanks a lot. So he stuck around for them. And we'll get into sightings of him in a minute. So the hospital is now comfy and cozy, but when the And when the building was purchased to become a hostel, they deliberately left a lot of the jail elements intact, partly to create a cool place to sit, to stay, but also they wanted to honor the history of the building. Less deliberate was leaving the place feeling exactly like home to all of the ghosts who were lingering inside. When what is now the hostel's parking lot, this is the most disturbing part for me. When what is now the hostel's parking lot was partially dug up to build the new Mackenzie King Bridge, the remains of 140 bodies were found buried there. And they only dug up a small corner of it. So who knows how many other bodies are still hanging out in the grounds around the hostel. I'm assuming that people in the hostel, like so many people were dying from the awful living conditions that they were just like burying them in mass graves. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. That's my assumption. I have no no proof. <laughs> Most guests report little more than just a creepy feeling overnight, especially if they booked the hostel tour in the morning. But more than a few have reported seeing actual ghosts, and there's some consistency with the stories that have been told. There's been more than one report of a ghost that's sitting or standing at the foot of a guest's bed at night, and sometimes they're reading a Bible. There have also been sightings of Patrick J. Whalen inside his cell at night or wandering the dark corridor along death row. And so I compiled a few actual reviews that the hostel has received. Great hostel, but the ghosts kept messing with the entrance door. Spooky AF. Beautiful place. Ghosts wouldn't leave me alone. Loved humming to me. 
Such an amazing experience. We'll definitely come back. Thank you. I do not believe in ghosts, nor does the friend I was traveling with. However, at 1 a.m., my friend woke up screaming, let me go, and said that she felt like someone was holding her arm, and I wasn't anywhere near her, and there was no one else in the room. Let me tell you, you can't fake that kind of reaction. Highly recommended. All in all, despite apparent ghosts, this hostel is a great place to stay when in Ottawa. It's haunted, but not in a bad way. Ghosts are super quiet, an eerie experience that was overall pleasant. The ghosts don't bother you too much. So Too much, eh? Okay. Too much. So that's the, that's, those are the reviews. There was an assistant manager named Jeff Delgado, and he recounted a particularly memorable experience when a woman checked herself into one of the old warden's offices for the night. They became suspicious when she didn't check out on time the following day, so he went to check on the woman, and she was still in bed in what appeared to be sleep paralysis. He said, quote, The front desk agent shook the woman, and she woke up very frightened and hysterical. According to her, there was a small girl that appeared to her in her sleep in the office surroundings and wrapped her arms around her so that she would not be able to wake up. The girl was also supposedly trying to whisper something in her ear from which the guest could only make out the word help. Although the story might seem outlandish, the guest was unaware that in that particular room that she was staying in was indeed the warden's old office. She was also able to describe in detail the surroundings of an of an office and the physical description of the little girl. So in her dream, she dreamt that she was in office surroundings, but obviously the hostel, it doesn't look like an office in there anymore. They've turned it into a, a room, right? So she yeah. didn't know that she didn't know that the room that she was staying in was an office, yet she had a dream that she was in the office. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people also, right? A lot of people also. Yeah, that's report, weird. <laughs> a lot of people also report heavy footsteps in dark corridors, and they don't mean little creaks from the wind. They're talking about like scary ass footsteps made by restless spirits. So they say to be prepared to wake up to a whisper in your ear or mini footsteps next to your bed because those are very common there. What? Mm-hmm. And you, okay, so I mean, I kind of agreed to go here. <laughs> before you told this story <laughs> I feel like I'm also gonna need like $200 in Patreon money and also in like like thousands in just like pain and suffering <laughs> well maybe we'll switch it to the one of the haunted bed and breakfasts in Niagara Falls okay 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 <laughs> Then there's the echoes of ghostly screams. So uh, guests commonly claim to hear these chilling sounds, most often from the lounge area in the hostel. And that's because this lounge area is where women and children were commonly placed while serving time. So yeah, I'm convinced, obviously, that the high hostel is extremely haunted. I want to stay there and record an episode there, but I also don't want to die. So, like, maybe not, because you're right. That is a pretty scary thing to be dealing with. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll go for, like, a couple hours, but, like, I don't I don't want to stay in a room and hear fucking loud, clunky inmate footsteps approaching me as I sleep. Whispering in your ear, I think, is scary. Oh, yeah, and that part, the whispering. How could I forget? Yeah. And you're whispering. Yeah, no, not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. I mean, 
I would totally go to BC and stay at the Fairmont Empress Hotel and like, you know, chill with with Rattenberry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we need a little bit more for that one, but I feel like that would be a great one um, to stay at for sure. Mm-hmm. Now we are going to do our Fuck, Mary Kill, mm-hmm. which so happens to be at the beginning of, well, somewhat at the beginning of Pisces season. So we are going to do a Pisces Fuck, Mary Kill, which mm-hmm. is great because I love Pisces. Do you? I do. They're all right. Usually Leos and Pisces aren't known to get along, but mm-hmm. I call bullshit on that because like, I don't know. I feel like I've never disliked one mm-hmm. in my life. And also Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello or whatever, like they're great. Right. I, I'm I mean, I don't, they're the only ones I know of as a couple, <laughs> but I just, I feel like they're just both very endearing people. I've just, Pisces tend to be very endearing to me. I'm not a fan of Sean and Camila, but that's okay. I mean, I'm not like a fan, but I'm not like oh. I stand them enough. Like I don't want them to break up. I do. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Do not are you do not like Pisces people, really? Honestly, it's not that I don't like them. I just don't even think that I have any Pisces friends. Like I don't Yeah, I mean, a friend that's a Pisces. I have a couple. I mean, I have two in my family, like my uncle, my uncle Joe and my um, cousin Francesca. Happy birthday, Francesca. Like I get get along with them probably the best in my entire family, which is weird. Okay. So maybe I'm just biased, but yeah, they're, they're great. And the only complaint I would, I find with Pisces and it tends to be, because I don't know very many Pisces men. I know mostly Pisces women, mm-hmm. but the women I find are highly emotional. My cousin Francesca is not, but the ones that I've known are not highly emotional. They are, they allow their emotional states to dictate their, their narrative, like their life's narrative. Okay. Um, like, Logic really isn't, doesn't play a huge role in their decision making, which, and I mean, they're not the only sign that does that, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I find that with water signs, that seems to be a trend. Right. So I can't really fault them too much, but yeah. Anyway, um, do you have three Pisces or would you like me to go first? Well, you can go first. You do? Yeah. I don't have three, so you you can go first. Okay. So I'm going to go with Justin Bieber. Rihanna and Tyler the Creator. Oh my God! Hitting you with the heart. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Okay. I am going to have sex with Rihanna. Okay. I'm going to marry Justin Bieber mm-hmm. just because. I've seen him married to Haley and I feel like they're kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Not to say that he, like he totally did Selena dirty. So like, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. He yeah. seems like he's, he's got himself together now. So mm-hmm. I'll just say that. And I'm going to kill Tyler, the creator, even though I really don't want to, but I just, I don't want to have sex with him and I don't really want to marry him. So I just mm-hmm. feel like he just is left into that kill category. Gotcha. 
I'd kill Justin Bieber. I figured. I figured you would. I'd kill him. I would have sex with Tyler and marry Rihanna. Okay. I would. Yeah. Those are my choices. That's that's fine. (laughs) Okay. So my three. Mm -hmm. Um, Smokey Robinson. Okay. Emily Blunt. Okay. And Rashida Jones. Oh my God. Rashida Jones is my be all end all. She's my favorite actress. I love her so much. So she's not dying. Um, Mm -hmm. So I am, oh my God. Oh my God. I am going to uh, (laughs) kill Emily Blunt and I'm going to marry Smokey. No, I lied. I'm I'm having a hard time with this one. I'm killing Smokey Robinson. No, I don't want to kill Smokey Robinson. I don't want to. Uh, I'm killing Emily Blunt. Then, then John Krasinski is up for grabs. Okay, so I'm okay, okay, Fair. fine, fine. Offing, I'll allow it. Only based on that context, I'll have sex with Smokey Robinson so so that I can marry Rashida Jones. Like that's my logic. Okay, <laughs> I don't like, share your logic. Fine, but I feel like it's only one time. Like I can close my eyes and just you know. I only have to do it once and then I can okay. be married to Rashida for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get the, I get your logic. I just, I don't share it. That's fine. Um, so yeah, I would 100% kill Smokey. Right. Marry Emily Blunt and sleep with Rashida Jones. Okay. That's fair too. I was, I was possibly yeah. going to go that way as well, but uh, no, I'm going to go the other way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't honestly looking through this list. I, there's a lot of cool, fun celebrity Pisces, but then yeah. I don't think I'd ever get along with them. That's the problem. Um, yeah, I know. I don't know. I can't be. I can't be sure. Uh, I mean, Chelsea Handler's in here too. So, oh, is she? She's pretty badass. I feel yeah. like she would hate me. Like it's not even about like I like True. her, but I feel like she'd be like, "You're fucking annoying." Like she wouldn't like. Me. Yeah. Which yeah, that's fair. fair. Like, Rebel not, Wilson I'm is a Pisces. It is her birthday. Ooh. I fucking love her. Yeah, she's lovely. Anyway, well, <laughs> that's a, an end. The end. The that's end. an end. That's the end of another episode of Paranormal. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope you enjoyed it because that showbiz, baby. Yeah, so stay spooky, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. If you like this episode of Paranormal, we need your help. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple. And if you listen to us on Spotify, go ahead and click the follow button. Even better, you can donate to us on Patreon, where you can access bonus content and members-only merch. To support your favorite spooky duo, go to patreon.com paranormalpod. And for show updates and giveaways, be sure to follow us on Instagram at paranormalpod. And remember, stay, stay spooky! spooky.